Welcome to Sofa Security Chat Chat, episode 146 for the 7th of May, 2014. I'm Chester Wisniewski, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Paul Ducklin. Welcome back, Paul. Hello, Chester. You're back in Vegas, aren't you? I am. I was... High roller Chester. <laughs> Nearly a month I was away from Vegas, but uh, I guess if you call 100 bucks high rolling, I, I, did, I did make $100 on my last trip, and it's still in my wallet, so I haven't been too foolish. Oh, I thought you were supposed to spend it the moment you arrived, maybe even play some of the slots at the airport. <laughs> no, no. Although the new airport here in Las Vegas is quite lovely, and uh, I'm a bit of an airport aficionado as much time as I spend in them. Um, we like to usually end the chat chat on an upbeat, which uh, unfortunately means we usually start the chat chat with something um, that often is a little bit more on the negative side, and, and I guess this week's no different in that wanted to discuss the fact that the CEO of Target, uh, Greg Steinheffel, I think is uh, how he says it, has resigned over the breach of credit cards back in December of 2013. Uh, now, I, I know we've talked about the Target breach a lot here on the chat chat. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this? Well, in a way, I'm sort of sorry to see him go because, you know, when it all came out that everything had gone so horribly wrong at the end of last year, he didn't... Uh, hide behind any weasel words. He was one of those straight-talking CEOs. He said, clearly, we are accountable and we are responsible. We're going to come out at the end of this as a better company and we're going to make significant changes. One of those changes was that the CIO resigned recently and now, unfortunately, he's had to fall on his sword, as it were. But I guess he's the CEO, so the buck stops with him, I suppose. Yeah, I, I saw an interesting comment from one of our readers on Naked Security, uh, you know, saying, hey, you know, these things, if they're really fair, should go to the people that made the decisions that allowed these types of things to happen. And I think it's unfair for those of us on the outside to really have any idea who that might really be. I mean, clearly, you know, it's easy to blame the CIO or the CTO or the CEO when it's an information technology problem. But just as much, it could be the CFO's problem, right? If it was a financial decision, perhaps, that was made in another group. I think we have to hope or expect that the board of directors of publicly traded companies will take that type of thing into consideration and be sure that the problem is really being taken care of and it's not just blame shifting. I think some people may find some relief in knowing that people were held accountable, right? I mean, there's an estimate out there that was in the New York Times in January suggesting that you know, this incident could have over $18 billion of impact on both Target and banks and consumers and, you know, lots of people that were involved in these breaches. And like anything else, we, we have a tendency to want to see some sort of justice, right? Did you say that's $18 billion, as in 18,000 million? Yes, that was the January estimate. Of course, wow. there's been a lot more lawsuits have been filed since then that could make it even more costly. So I suppose some people will be saying, great, it's going to put the frighteners on other CIOs, CEOs, CFOs who may have been shortchanging IT security for the past few years. You know, it is a big deal. You think, what, 40 million credit card numbers just eaten up like that by the crooks in a matter of weeks. And nobody who was actually a customer in one of those stores did anything wrong from a security point of view. Yeah, it's true. And uh, I mean, I, I wish companies would learn a little more from these types of incidents. Uh, you know, this is still happening. This isn't just Target. This isn't just Neiman Marcus. This is a, a global problem, I guess, for the CEO falling on his sword and the 18 billion and all the other punishments that have uh, befallen those associated with Target. You know, it is at least, I guess, a very high profile warning sign to everyone else. And hopefully they'll start paying a bit more attention. 
lately, what with all these breaches being big news, I've found myself much more sensitised and getting much more alarmed when I'm in a shop or something belonging to some part of the public service and I see the Bliss wallpaper or hear the XP sound playing and think, oh no, you know, there's somebody else who's still way, way, way behind the curve. It's surprising how often you hear and see that stuff now you're sensitised to look for it. Yeah, when I got into a black cab in London last week, in fact, uh, the payment terminal system and the screen that shows you the weather and advertisements and things like that in the black cabs in London booted with a Windows XP logo, even on the thing where you stick your credit card in. It was quite disturbing to me to see that in such a widely used thing by travelers in London. I mean, it's hard not to get into a black cab when you're visiting. But maybe we don't have to worry, Chester, because all this contretemps about how XP was going to be unsupported after April the 8th turns out to be a load of rot because Microsoft just did a patch that included XP, didn't they? Yeah. So maybe we were all fussing about nothing. Well, I mean, this this has to be the last one. I mean, we thought the last one uh, was, of course, the patch Tuesday for April. Um, I guess it turns out that was the penultimate patch. The good news is that Microsoft did fix the zero-day in IE quite quickly after its discovery, and the question is, is it good or bad news that they also patched it for IE6 and Windows XP? And we're already seeing documentation published on how that exploit works in, in public blogs, meaning it's likely to be embraced by criminals very soon. I have to say it's a good thing that they fixed it for XP, even if it's the last and final one. I suppose they could rest on the excuse that technically it wasn't a patch for XP, it was a patch for IE6. Instead of the last patch or saying, well, the last one was actually the penultimate, let's call this the first post-ultimate. <laughs> so I think there are going to be a whole load of people who went, you see, it's a false alarm, stand down from blue alert, carry on, no harm will come. Yeah, it's true. Well, we've... we've uh been in contact with our, our friends at Microsoft. We hope to chat with them before the patch for May, which turns out this month is going to be on the 13th. I do not expect him to tell me there are more XP patches coming. Yes, it's amusing that in the last chat chat, if you remember, I made a throwaway remark about, I wonder if Microsoft will uh, patch it for XP anyway. And I thought that sounded so preposterous afterwards that I cut it out. And it went into uh, file 13 and didn't make it into the last chat chat. How I wish I'd left it in now, because it turns out to have been very prescient. Yeah. Well, speaking of browser security, uh, a story uh, I, I wrote about on Naked Security is this Dropbox privacy issue. In essence, the problem is that if I share a document with you on Dropbox, you know, I, I put a, a file in my Dropbox and I say, oh, I'm going to share it with Paul. It's a you know PDF or a Word doc or something like that. And inside of that document, there's links to third-party websites that, you know, you're reading this PDF I shared with you with a secret link that only you are allowed to access. And then you click a link to go to, you know, uh, uh, badguy.ru. In essence, that will leak the secret link to the document as the referrer in the HTTP request. And that enables that website to then see the supposedly encrypted secret document in my Dropbox. Realistically, if you've given the keys to your cloud provider, you're trusting them to do everything on your behalf, then your files are as good as insecure. I'm not quite sure why people are surprised by this. Yes, I think it's good that cloud providers who store your files bother to encrypt them at rest, you know, in case someone runs off with a server or gets the disks or they get disposed of incorrectly or something. 
it's a precaution that there's no reason why they shouldn't take it. But this idea that you upload a file in clear text and then it gets encrypted at the other end and somehow that counts as your file being encrypted end to end is a little bit absurd. If you want them to be really encrypted in the sense that you're controlling what's put up into the cloud and stored there, then you're right, you need to encrypt them first. And if you do that before the file leaves your computer, then you don't have to worry about the mechanism by which it gets there and where the encryption's done and who has the keys. Yeah, I think a lot of this comes back to people having a fundamental misunderstanding of the different ways encryption is used to protect them, right? There's encryption while things are in transit, uh, you might call it, things like HTTPS, and then, you know, full disk encryption, and then individual file encryption. And in each case, the keys are handled in different ways, and ultimately, the encryption is only as good as who has the keys and who has the ability to access the content when it's uh, stored. That's why we write about these things on Naked Security, and we talk about them, and perhaps in a future techno, you and I can have a chat and kind of go into a little more detail to explain the benefits of different types of encryption, how it's going to help people, but also explain the limitations and how it may not help them. It does seem there are an awful lot of perhaps broken promise is the wrong phrase to use, but there are an awful lot of misapprehensions, which I think you could argue a lot of cloud providers have not gone out of their way to explain well, perhaps because it might make the service sound less valuable than it really is. Yeah, I agree. Now, I was fascinated by a story you wrote about. I never imagined I was going to say the words web driver torso on the podcast before, but maybe you can explain what a number station is and then what this modern take on it is that you uh, wrote about on Naked Security. Numbers stations, as they're called, they are shortwave transmitters. Who knows where they are? Who knows who runs them? Who knows what they're for? There are still some in existence, I believe, even in the internet era. And the idea is you're broadcasting by the medium of speech, often just as number, a list of numbers or uh, letters in the phonetic alphabet, basically messages that one assumes are for uh, undercover agents in the field. And the idea is that because of the way shortwave radio works and the fact that the shortwave transmissions with the right conditions can bounce off the ionosphere that surrounds the Earth, With one high-powered transmitter, you can kind of reach the whole Earth. And so when this YouTube channel suddenly appeared called WebDriver Torso, that just consists of nearly 80,000 videos, each uh, just under 10 seconds long, consisting of 10 frames with a blue and a red rectangle and 10 one-second pure sine wave beeps, conspiracy theorists had a whale of a time. It could be aliens. And eventually the uh, the thinking man's conspiracy theory was it's a modern take on a number station, which of course is absolutely absurd. The whole idea of a number station is using shortwave so you can reach the whole earth from one place and receive it in a non-suspicious way. Now what you're doing is you're asking someone to log into the internet, go to a particular YouTube channel and watch a YouTube video out of which you might get a few hundred bytes worth of covert data. I think there are better ways of doing it. Random web cookies might be one of them. (laughs) 
Well, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't understand the idea behind either, you know, this concept or the number station being secure, which I guess all comes back to the concept of a one-time pad, the assumption that, you know, you have an absolutely unbreakable encryption, so there's no reason to not share it with the entire world. And I guess, you know, I, I kind of like the conspiracy theory on, on the YouTube side of it, because if we're all speculating, that means there's potentially tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people accessing this YouTube channel, which, again, might make it hard to find the needle in the haystack, right? Sure, there's one spy watching the WebDriver Torso channel to get these small amounts of information. But because we're all obsessed with it, we're, we're masking who that spy really is amongst all of our surfing, right? Yes, unfortunately, it means that if that's how it works, it took an awful lot of publicity. Oh dear, I hope I didn't contribute too much to that. Um, to get <laughs> su- to get sufficiently many people to go and look at that channel to get the kind of disguise. Well, all of this is making me want to go play uh, uh, Gangnam Style and uh, Never Gonna Give You Up backwards to see if there's any hidden messages in there. But maybe that's maybe we'll leave it at that. The last thing I wanted to bring up is uh, I had the pleasure of being at the Prince of Tech pub just outside of Earl's Court in London, uh, where Naked Security won the Security Bloggers EU Award for Best Security Blog, and I thought that was pretty awesome. I I managed to uh, bring back the, the trophy. Yes, getting that email and the photographs, and being the guy who got to write it up, I was at least as excited as you were, I'd say. We're, we're very pleased. But as, as we wrote up on Naked Security, and we really mean this, it's really because we have the community, people who comment, people who send us information to tips at sophos.com. That's really why we're able to have this award-winning blog. It's one thing to write about stuff that's interesting. It's another to pick stuff that's important and timely. And it's through all of our readers' feedback that we're able to do that. We couldn't do it on our own. So thank you all so much. And to everybody who voted for us, nice one. You're back to win our um, um, We're very proud. Well, and on that note, I'll conclude Suffice Security Chat Chat 146. As always, for the latest and greatest security news, please visit nakedsecurity.sophos.com. And for our audio recordings, uh, you can visit uh, soundcloud.com slash security. And uh, for your, your videos, Paul, those are on youtube.com slash Labs, are they not? Yes. And uh, until next time. Yara, Papa, Hoden, Yara. Yara. Papa, Hoden, Fjärra. November, Hilo, Delta, Fjärra. November, Hilo, Delta, Fjärra. Farlig, Romeo, Tango, Yankee. Farlig, Romeo, Tango, Yankee. End. End.